0: Welcome to Beers, business and Balls, presented by House Enterprise. Brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash house, and you can get twenty percent off your order and free shipping. This is episode one hundred and nine, and we have a an active Division One athlete with us. um What did John Rothstein? Co- it's escaping me. It's it's something about the lockdown zone D. Breaker. No, it's the zone breaker. The total opposite of lockdown D. Brendan Howson <laughs> with us. Um, yeah, this is a guy that was sort of – he had the offers there. Jay Wright recruited him. Kyle Neptune had to re-recruit him. And now he's finding a home at Villanova against all odds. So it was cool to have Brenda with us today.
1: Yeah, against all odds and also part of the House family, House Enterprise athlete, along with uh, Timmy Kiggins, America's uh, America's roommate, big cat. No, America's <laughs> America's favorite <laughs> walk-on. Now I got my uh John Rothstein isms all in stuck in my head, but great to have him on. Great to have him caught on for college hoops, obviously. Big East plays around the corner. And uh yeah, it's college basketball season. It's college basketball season, amongst many other things. We got World Cup talk, we got contenders and pretenders for balls, baseball free agency, hockey, basketball. It's it's a lot going on right now, a lot to keep up with.
0: Yeah. It's some hot stove. I think Villanova, for what it's worth, um, everybody knows they did not start too well. They started off the season two and five. Uh, they're turning a corner. They had a big win over Oklahoma. Uh, man, it's going to be two weeks to go now. Um, and then Penn and Boston College, too. Those They, they cruised uh, in both places. It's a team that's hitting their stride. They've got St. Joe's, and then it's straight into Big East play. Hot out the gates with St. John's and number one Ken Palm, UConn. I didn't think I'd say that this year. Um, but college basketball content, you know where to find it. House of college hoops everywhere you get it. Um, UConn is fucking 12-0, 11-0, excuse me.
1: Good team. And then Creighton lost five in a row after being a top 10 team.
0: I know, that was crazy. I had them as high as eight in a poll. They are now off my rankings. Um, and to be honest, they deserve it. Can't lose five in a row. But
1: no. that's what like when everyone was like upset when Villanova fell out of the ranking is then it's like, you know, there's, there's better teams right now, Purdue, UConn, Texas, but. Mm.
0: There are significantly better teams. Yes. Um, I mean, who are, who on this list is better than Cre- Is Memphis better than Creighton uh, right now? Probably Memphis. Just uh they, Almost beat Alabama the other night. Um, yeah, we, a lot of college basketball talk. We'll, we'll get all there. Um, beers first. It's that time of year. The untapped reviews are out. Um, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle to this. A, I drank a lot less, which is probably true. B, I did not do nearly as thorough of a job ranking beers that I had this year. I just tried to, I guess, sort of enjoy them in the moment. Um and and that's it i think the truth is somewhere in the middle there uh i checked in not a lot of beers i checked in 32 of them um but you can bet my favorite was the other half um brewery that or excuse me the other half beer that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago um the ipa is one for me the american ipas did it again So now I know I'm not going to try to be anything else than what I am, um, which is an American IPA guy. And that's all that's, that's, what's to my name this year.
1: I honestly thought I, I was surprised with my numbers because I thought I drank less and I had a hundred more from last year. (laughs) I see, like, see, like there's, because I like distinctively last year, you know, the year right after COVID you're getting to go out more we're full in stride with the, with the, you know, the, the podcast and everything, which reminds me, it's like, your numbers are definitely way off because it's like you, you had more than 30 beers at Bockfest.
0: I've also like, couldn't see my feet at Bockfest.
1: You got to check. You got to
0: keep a note, keep a notepad, keep a notepad. Yeah. The notepad's funny. It starts off as like this beer from this section, 4.5 and then. You go down three hours later after your thirtieth taster, and you're like, "It's just ASF T whatever." Take and photos seven.
1: So that too, that's I, that's your I, New Year's I, I that's your I New Year's like, resolution is to keep better track of the beers.
0: Oh, I guess <laughs> it, oh I the data having the data is so nice, but yeah. in the moment I feel like this year i was just like i just want to drink this beer and see how good it tastes like and talk to the owners or whatever and see what the story is that that was that sums up my year in beer um yeah buttonwood stood out uh bonus cup from long live beer works which i don't remember that one
1: i Um, don't remember that either
0: i gave that a 425 which was pretty good and then some other shout outs here um Santilli by Night Shift Brewing. I, I had that a few times this year in a few different places, and that is rising the list for me. I think Night Shift is turning into something that I think is reliable. Um, Black Hog Hazy Ale, really good. Connecticut, shout out. And then another Connecticut one, First Flakes by Sony Creek. I actually had that last week. Um, those, those round out my top five here.
1: Yeah, my top was Blender King from Treehouse. So... No surprise, a treehouse beer takes the sole spot. And then the next two, which were from Sam Adams Cincy, the Avena Colombiana, I gave a 4.75. And then the Utopias um, was a 4.5. The next two beers were from the beer festival, Northwoods Brewing Company Coffee Porter and Gunner's Daughter from Mass Landing Brewing Company. And then to round it off, I had a double dry hopped Miler Daydream from other half,
0: and other my half number had some good shit this year.
1: And my number one style was double IPA. Ah, classic. Went with the went with the extra punch.
0: Interesting, very so. interesting.
1: That's a beer in review. Beer in review.
0: Yeah, overall, I um i'm looking at other analytics here what uh what stood out yeah green city by other half was was the top beer for me um that's a place we have to go to we've talked about it way too many times
1: now where it's like in new york Um, i know it's new york but it's definitely it's caught the attention now
0: yeah other half is and they actually distributed in a lot of places too which is Which is nice. Um, Ironically enough, I had Green City in Washington, D.C., which other half has an outlet location in D.C. now, too, which we've discussed. Um, It was a mid-September episode, we did that.
1: Where did I have mine?
2: Hmm.
0: Double dry. Why do I feel like you brought that up? Bayberry. Uh, yeah, yep, we did talk about that. Bayberry, February. Interesting. You were with me. I was going to say that sounds oddly familiar. That there was another half beer at Bayberry. We went on. We went on Super Bowl weekend
1: to Bayberry. Why did we do that? That's stupid. Well, I don't. It might not be the weekend, February second.
0: No, oh, it's a- no. It was a Wednesday. It was Groundhog Day. Have- <laughs> Celebrating Groundhog Day. Interesting. All right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. we went to Bayberry
1: that day. Interesting enough, that was the same week as the beer festival.
0: Yeah, we got more beer.
1: Wow. We lost games Yeah, we pre-gamed the beer festival with Bayberry.
0: I, don't know. I guess <laughs> what a world what the fuck are we smoking that's wild yeah I well, need to get we're back gonna to that's a good spot we're going to uh we'll be at the rhode island brew festival this year uh january 28th we will be there as observers and consumers of beer I don't think we'll be there as video creators. Um, which will be, be con- nice. It'll There'll
1: be content, be content made, but not
0: there there will. It won't be in any formal capacity, but it will be yeah, made. It'll be made. The content will be made. The people shall have uh the content from this. Um that's a beer in review. Let's go to business uh before we hop in with Brendan Haw Haus- uh, Brendan Hausen, Um Yeah. Lots of weird stuff going on. I mean, FTX will save for another day because honestly, I don't really feel like, uh,
1: that's a full podcast in itself. That is. Yeah. We'll get our resident, our resident business person, Zaid Admani back on. Um, we'll talk just FTX and I mean, the guy got arrested now. So good thing we didn't record because we would have missed a whole new segment of news.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We, I don't know. This guy seems to be a, a total fraud. Um, but Regardless, um, what will always be here for us is Twitter and fucking Twitter. Elon Musk now officially is no longer the richest person in the world, it is Bernard Arnault, uh, who is LVMH, like Livetan, uh, all that. I forgot what the M stands for, but the other Hennessy. I know that. Um, Elon. Finally is getting the investors caught up to him. People are saying he has lost his mind with Twitter and they're saying he doesn't care about Tesla anymore. So kaboom, all his Tesla stock goes down. Yeah. I can't help, but think he kind of deserves this. Um, I don't wish harm upon anybody, but I can't help, but think, you know, with all the shitstorm that Elon's caused with this, did he not think Tesla stock was going to go down because Twitter was just in total disarray. That is totally foolish to think he did not. He's definitely getting
1: the short end of the stick of people not liking him. And that's definitely impacting the performance, the financials, all of the above. Um, but yeah, the whole, I mean, I'm just surprised now that he hasn't named uh, an heir to the throne for Twitter yet.
0: I don't know. I – yeah, you're probably right. I just don't know can't,
1: who he would – I don't know who he would – yeah, who he would – it's going to be one of his guys. It's going to be someone that at the seat of the table already, but he can't operate at this rate this many businesses.
0: There's no way. He, if anything, he needs to have someone appoint. Like, uh, he needs to be doing some other shit than what he's doing now because Twitter – He's clearly, like I said a few weeks ago, just winging it and figuring it out as he goes, which is very unhealthy.
1: I don't know how he has time to tweet.
0: I don't know it, either because he is he the same? Didn't they run the article on him many years ago that like he plans his days to the five minute mark? Probably, but it's like, I like. How, does he go to the bathroom?
1: Does he eat? Does he sleep? Like it just. There needs to be someone that just like follows him for a week just to see his hour by hour, day by day, minute by minute, and just and report back to be like, this guy is actually a human or it's just a plugged in
0: robot. Yeah, you never know with this dude. Um, regardless, I the question is, how does Twitter stock affect Tesla stock here? Um, I think it's going to continue to be like this for a while. I really do because, you know, you look at just how off the rails Elon's been, you can't tell me investors aren't spooked. And I would be fucking terrified if I owned a lot of Tesla stock, which I actually don't own any at this point. I sold it all a while ago, and I am very happy I did, given the circumstances. Hell, maybe I'll buy some more. Not right now. I'm done with the whole individual
1: stock market and all of that stuff. I... I'm back to the old school. Put it in funds and let it grow. Put that it in
0: ETFs and call it a
1: day. That was too much of a rat race during the pandemic of playing the playing the board game of the stock market and all of that research and all of that stuff. Just put it in, you know, high fun, high functioning indexes. Forget about it. Put some money into it every month and call it a day. Yep. Not financial advice, though. That's just...
0: That's no. We're not financial uh, advisors. Do just, not take our advice, please.
1: Just my opinion. Yep. Shit's too expensive to be playing around in the stock market.
0: This is just what we opine. Yeah, I did that too. I have like sort of just a couple of bucks that I let hang out and, you know, maybe make a couple of very low risk trades. But it's not on Robinhood and it's not. Uh, it's not frequent. That's for damn sure. The retail investing days are over for me. Well actually I do want to bring up the fed the fed hiked interest rates again. And I don't know. The for me like what happened the last time that the fed up the rates the loans went way up. It was much tougher to buy a car to get a mortgage, all that shit. And I am worried that this is going to happen again. And it's going to accelerate this recession, in my opinion. I don't know. That's, and again, I'm not an economist. I don't, it took me a very long time. I had a very crappy economics professor that we just played basketball in his classroom, basically. Unnamed. Love love my Brian education, but...
1: I'm trying to think who it was, but I'll ask oh, later. All
0: boys, love them to death. But
1: <laughs> um it's funny because like I, I've been seeing a lot of people continuing to reference the big short again, and obviously a different scenario, but involves like just what's happening higher up and like how the indicators are, you know, pointing out a recession. And I, I don't know. I don't know too much enough on the topic, but I mean the signs are pointing yes, and it's it's definitely alarming. It's definitely scary, and who knows? But again, though, it's it's so weird because like the Fed also defines what a recession is, and they keep changing what that definition is, and they keep changing the rates. It's all make it's all pretend.
0: Well, I thought it was gonna get so so Powell is the guy now um janet yellen was like absolutely decimated for what she did and shit which i can't really say i blame everybody um powell said there's so i guess they're talking about this soft landing a lot which is like all right we can come (laughs) down very simply as opposed to like this roaring crash and he says that it's still possible even with these rates going higher. I don't know. There's just a lot of question marks for me. And I'm scared to really like go for it, buying some some like other I guess equities and shit like that too. Like back to this retail stock point, I don't really know how much I want to be shelling out, you know?
1: It's a, it's a save it's a save mode at this point. Like, wait till the markets crash for property, you know, be weary with the stocks, no need to buy a car, it just, it just bunker down and be careful. But then again, that's what also creates the recession itself too.
0: I don't know what the fuck creates the recession because I think we're in one. Maybe it's giving away a bunch of free shit to everybody also I can't send, help the recession oh, it helps people it doesn't help necessarily the recession
1: um, also sending all of our money elsewhere
2: <laughs> but hey
1: hey those new irs individuals will get that money back for all of the 87,000 of them all the new venmo uh all the people venmoing over 600 Did we talked about
0: that last week is yeah. that am i dreaming that we definitely talked about that last week
2: so man
0: what a oh, what boy. a shitty economy we have right now. This is just so weird. Markets down
1: uh was the economy ever good on this podcast?
0: Uh, I mean, hey, that's how it started. Yeah, it was good. It was pretty good at one point. Um I don't know about good. Oh, <laughs> well, not good, I guess, but hey, Dow was uh Dow's still at an all-time basically like near its all-time high. Um it hit its all-time high in January. That's a weird, fun fact about 2022. The Dow hit the all-time fucking high just mere 11 months ago. <clears throat> so, I don't know. The economy was just inflated. It wasn't good. I'll I'll take that point. Um, yeah, it's something to keep our eyes on for the Fed. I don't know. I'm not sure what I believe at this point. Um. That's all for business, because we have lots to bite off with FDX, and I mean lots, and Zade will be back. Um, we'll go into balls. Brendan Hausen is with us. Uh, Tommy Godin's with us, too. Did not mention that to start the interview. Uh, Tommy Godin, you can check out his content, Road to the Garden. Um, and uh, yeah. This was a great interview. I thought it was a good conversation into what life with Kyle Neptune is like. Some pretty good stuff. Brendan Housen, folks, let's do it.
1: All right, everybody with this this week, we're joined by Villanova guard, elite shooter from the long range and house enterprise athlete. Brendan Housen joins the podcast. Welcome to the house. Welcome to the brand first and foremost. And uh, how's everything going?
3: Man, it's going good. Um, I'm excited to be a part of the the House Enterprise family and just, you know, kind of grow this relationship and and see where it takes us, man. This is exciting times. Right. So, on.
0: the the Amarillo Assassin, uh, all time right. leading scorer, male athlete of the year in Texas, and in the class of 22, you're ranked the number 16 shooting guard. You had four stars. Plenty of options, right? Um, Texas Tech right. had an offer. Oklahoma had an offer. Nevada had an offer, a uh, bunch of different other places. So uh, you finally chose to end up at Villanova here. So how did Villanova come into play?
3: Man, it's kind of a unique story. Um, I was almost, you know, underrated coming out of Amarillo, Texas. It's not a big basketball hotbed for guys, um, but we do have some guys that I can play. And so I, Last second, joined Team Griffin out of Oklahoma on the EYBL circuit and got to go to Augusta, South Carolina. And we played there in the Peach, in the Nike Peach Jam. And I went from like almost unranked to, you know, a top four scorer in Peach Jam and uh, the highest three point percentage there. And Villanova said, All right, well, we see this kid, like, we like him but coach Wright was actually at the Olympics with team USA. And so he sent the coaching staff to kind of follow me around for a month. And they, they were like, look, we'll give you a month and we'll be honest with you. Uh, We'll be truthful at the end. And then at the end of that month, you know, they liked what they saw and, and boom, they, they pulled the, the offer and coach Wright actually called me while he was in Tokyo, which he said he had never done without seeing a player before. So I mean, it was it was pretty unique. And then in September of my senior year of high school, he, the whole staff and Coach Wright actually flew down to my high school. And Coach Wright couldn't believe that he was in the middle of nowhere, Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> and he came to practice. And after practice is when I committed to be a Villanova Wildcat. And since then, it's been nothing but great.
2: So that was a cool story about Jay calling you from Tokyo. I'm glad that you brought him up. Um with all the craziness happening over the summer at Villanova with Jay Wright retiring, um, you flew in from Texas and you, Mark and Cam, all three of you, you guys later reaffirmed your commitment. I know you met with Jay, but what did he and coach Neptune say that really stood out to you to reaffirm your commitment to Villanova?
3: Honestly, it was just the, the honesty and truth that they had, you know, that they built this program. on. I knew, you know, Coach Wright, with him stepping down, obviously, you know, it it hurt a little bit, but it just shows you that us three coming in and sticking with it, you know, just shows you a, t- a testament to this program and what what we're about and what the people in the past have been about. And I think Coach Neptune couldn't have been, a, you know, a better fit for this program. Um carries the same the same values and beliefs as Coach Wright, and you know, so it's just been it's been great.
1: And obviously, I mean Neptune is a Villanova wildcat through and through as the assistant obviously went to Fordham came back, but he had some pretty cool things to say about you in a quote. He, he said, Brendan is an elite shooter who is also focused in becoming a complete Villanova basketball family member. He comes from a great family and we've already seen how this intangibles and commitment to our core values make him a value part of this program. He also may be one of the best shooters we've ever had at Villanova. So, I mean, first off pretty reassuring, uh, note for you and pretty cool comments but you know how right. has it been playing from you know for him this season so far
3: man it's been great um I think the greatest thing is he he pushes us to be our best um he knows <laughs> we can we can always be better um and he, he upholds us to the standards the standards that this program is about and you know so I I've seen my game jump tremendously I've seen us as a team just the last few weeks just keep getting better and better so I honestly think you know he's one of one of the best coaches in the country and he's going to do great things here
1: and then of course I mean you know what is it like playing for coach Neptune is he is at is he is what is advertised I mean everyone obviously the media takes into a lot of play but you know who is coaching Neptune to you as a coach and as a mentor
3: man he's I mean unbelievable um, you know just a man that I aspire to be one day um, he doesn't sugarcoat it he tells us the truth um, but you know the the same work that we're putting in him and the whole coaching staff are putting behind the scenes because they believe that, you know, they want us to be the best men and the best basketball players we can be. And so they're, they're pushing us every day and they're pushing themselves to be better. And that's what's special about this place.
0: So Brendan, the roster this year has been interesting, right? A couple of guys go down, a couple of tactical changes that coach makes, So with the injuries and everything else, you have this chance to give your team some some pretty high leverage minutes and and to play uh, quite a bit, which I'm sure you, you know, obviously you're you're loving that you're not complaining about the opportunity to go out there and compete, of course, but, you know, first of all, how did you prepare yourself for, for this moment and second of all, you know what. Uh, What were some of the things that the coaching staff might have said to you to to sort of reaffirm that that you belong on that court and you're going to play those significant minutes? You
3: know, I think that the work, not just why I've been here, I think it goes back to everything I've done before this. You know, just you get one one opportunity in life, one shot at this. Why not, you know, make the most of it? Like I've worked really, really hard. I know that I'm continuing to get better every day. You know there's no there's no pressure just to go out there and, and give my best for my for my teammates and my coaches and, and ultimately the rest will take care of itself. So you know that's been it's been really um really neat to do that. Um you know it's just it's such a unique team. We have so much depth depth and and so many guys that have, have been a part of it and so many new guys. So it's really a unique unique roster and it's it's exciting.
1: And we've talked about it, you know, you being a great shooter but you know, John Rothstein, you've been given very early on in your career a John Rothsteinism, uh, the zone breaker. So <laughs> what do you deserve to deserve this title or what have you done to deserve this title? And, uh, you know, how cool is to see, you know, one of the, uh, you know, the sports great reporters already donning you a a t T-shirt, a T-shirt quote worthy uh, label.
3: I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to see. I mean, it's someone you follow all the time you see on TV and now you're, you're right in the mix of it. Uh, I guess, I, I mean, it helps that I can I can shoot the three really, really well. But I, it's really pretty cool to see that, man. Uh, it's great.
2: Now, Brendan, what guys on the team have you learned from the most? I mean, there's a lot of good ones to learn from. Caleb, uh, Brandon, Eric, Chris, some of the older guys on the team. Um, which ones have you learned from the most? And who are you the closest with on the team so far?
3: Man, it's really... Again, it's unique because they all, you know, come in every day and do a great job of leading. Um, and at times it's, it could be Chris pulling me aside because we we share a bedroom. Um, it could be Caleb, me and him are in there early in the morning, getting up extra shots, talking about defense at halftime, me picking his brain. It could be Slate, you know, teaching me how he guards here and what he does here. So I'd say a little bit of everyone. Um, I'm definitely really close with Caleb Daniels. He's really taken me under his wing and, and pushed me. And I think he sees, you know, a lot of what he saw in himself. So I I can't, you know, thank all three of them enough. And it's it's just been great.
0: So I'm not going to sit here and say like, you know, Hey, what were those losses at the beginning of the year? Right. Because every team hits adversity, right. We hear that a bunch. Um, And, you know, Villanova came out of the gate. It's, it's no secret. You know, the road's been tough. These first couple of games, some, some really tough opponents, um, some games that you guys thought you probably had and, and missed out on so you know first of all how how's been the response to sort of you know you guys have a what you think is a bad loss you know how do you uh, how have you sort of come back from it is there something that you you worked on as a team and then second what can we expect you know what um what in the mentality has changed uh, as we start big east play in the coming couple of days here
3: um you know i don't think anything really changes we we come into this of course we want to win but at the end of the day, we want to play Villanova basketball for 40 minutes. We want to play for our teammates and for our coaches, um, play for the guys that came before us, the guys that built this. Um, and, and then, again, we want to be the the best by the end of the season, the best Villanova basketball team we can be. Um, and if that's winning, you know, the rest of the games, that's great. But if that's losing, but we're giving our, our best effort, then that's what it is. But at the end of the day, we're going to go out there. We're going to give our, our best for 40 minutes for our teammates and coaches. Um, you know, and in practice the last few weeks, I think that we've, We've taken a huge step on um, getting back to the to the basics on and, and the coaches as well. Them taking it to the next the next level of them holding us accountable and us buying into that because again we're a young team. We have guys in new roles, but you know everyone's um, stepping up to the challenge and and really proving you know what we can be. And I think it's exciting as we're rolling into into Big East. So I think and we're clicking. And you on had lines. a stretch of of four straight losses too. What
0: was the right. reaction from the coaching staff? And you know sort of has a team. How did you guys have to pick yourself up and? and sort of re-buy into what you guys are doing.
3: Um you know obviously no one wants to go through that but again it's a part of the journey and I think that we saw the potential we had and we understand that you know that it's it's that crucial it can be one one play can change a game and so it was just staying positive and remembering that we want to be the best team again by by the end of the season. And so it was getting back to the basics, getting back to practice and, you know, again, playing hard and, and figuring out, you know, what we have to do to win. Is there a team, coach, player,
1: stadium, whatever it might be, the answer might be, that you look forward to competing at this uh this upcoming season?
3: Man, let's see.
1: He's, we can't wait to have you at the Providence, the dunk. Well, now the Nika center. Um, and that place, that place Um, gets rowdy, but I'm curious to hear your answer.
3: I would say I was definitely really excited for the Michigan state game that we played. That was, you know, like a, kind of like a dream, just seeing that, that, um, that famous arena and being on that floor. Um, I'm very excited for the Creighton game as well. Um, but, again, I'm, I'm always excited for the next game, you know, the next opportunity uh, just to, to go out there and play the game I love and, and play with these, these great guys. So, I mean, definitely got some games that I'm excited for, but I would say just the next game, the next game mentality.
2: I love that. And on game day, a yeah. uh, little bit of a fun one here, but what's your game day routine? Take me through your day. Like, you wake up, do you go straight to the gym? How many shots do you put um, up when you're there? or What goes on? <laughs>
3: Uh, you know, so the the night before games, we're usually together in the hotel as a team, um, regardless if it's home or away. We're always always together. Um, I study the scouting report through and through, make sure I know that first and foremost. But I'll usually wake up um, you know, an hour before everyone is supposed to be awake. Um then I'll go to the weight room and get like a, a light sweat in, a stretch, do some yoga, um, maybe jogging on the treadmill. I just like to be up and moving and have a sweat. Um and then we'll go and, and we'll go and have shoot around. Uh, that's a given every day. And then I usually get to the gym, you know, 30 minutes or so early, try to get some shots in before. I mean, I don't try to overdo it on game days because you never know, you know, what your load's going to be in, that, in the next game. But definitely it's more mental than anything, I would say.
0: And, and outside of basketball, too, because it can't, you know, ball is life. I get it. But is, is there anything else outside the sport that you, that you do to keep your mind sane? Any, anything else?
3: man when i'm back home i definitely love to go fishing um i like to surf at the lake i love doing that but again just like uh chilling with my family and, and just relaxing honestly, so that's the, that's the best thing for me
1: all right and our last question and we hate to do this to you we really do but trey <laughs> patterson on tiktok said and he asked your teammates you got the least drip on the team can you care to comment on these allegations
3: uh, what was that? I
1: said, Trey Patterson on TikTok said you had the least amount of drip on the team.
3: Wow. That's crazy. You didn't see the video? That's crazy. Uh, I I think I heard about it. Uh, they've done that a few times. A few guys have said that about me. So that's, that's funny. Uh, they all joke. We all joke all the time about different guys and everything. Uh, I like to say I have the best style. I mean, mine's a little different, you know, me coming from Texas. But I definitely say I got the best style. I mean, what can that's I say? Fair-
1: That's fair enough, and it's a perfect transition into obviously the House Enterprise family. You will have some great style with the new merch that you've come out with, so you know we're excited to get that into your hands and get you into the fans' hands. But you know we'll have to tell your teammates that once they see you in that, you'll be you'll be dripping just fine.
3: Exactly right. Get some. Get them some.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. But Brendan, we appreciate the time. You know, good luck in the upcoming season. Obviously, we'll be in touch. But where can our listeners, you know, find out more about you and find your content online? We're just gonna do that one point. I don't know if you heard, but just a quick plug. I could hear you. What, what'd you say? Yeah, no worries. Just a quick plug for your social media and where can everyone find you online?
3: Um on Instagram, um at Hawesin Brendan, Twitter, same thing at Hawes and Brendan, um, and TikTok at Hawts Brendan. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon and thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. And
1: that was just Brendan Housen, Villanova Guard, Elite shooter from long range and house enterprise athlete. Great conversation. Check out his stuff, check out his merch and good luck to Villanova this upcoming season or this upcoming biggies play rather. Um, And that was the balls presented by manscaped go to manscaped.com slash house for 20% off plus free shipping. I probably won't get it for the holidays, but a new year's present always good to have those. We love their products and so should you. So go to manscaped.com use the code house for 20% off and free shipping. We'll start off with contenders and pretenders now that football is in its last quarter. Four more games, four more games left in the NFL season before the playoffs. And who are my pretenders? I think the Baltimore Ravens are my pretenders at this point.
0: Oh, wow. That's a hot take. Yeah.
1: I mean, Lamar's out for a minute. Even though fantasy keeps putting him as questionable, so I can't put him on my IR in the midst of our playoffs, which is bullshit. Uh, Lamar is out. Uh, the backup got hurt, Huntley. So they're gonna be riding a third string in a division that the Browns now are kind of like again, they're not out for the count, but they're, you know, on the outside looking in. The Bengals are obviously a force to be reckoned with, and then the Steelers can obviously take a game or two for somebody. Um, I think they're a team that the AFC is a little bit deeper than what the Ravens hold. So I don't see them going very far.
0: Interesting. I think you're probably right about Baltimore. Um, Nine and four without Lamar seems more like seven and six. And that's my two cents. Um, who am I going to do for a pretender? I'm going to. Uh, it's too early for me to call the Vikings a pretender because I think they're still good, even though they laid an egg to the Lions. You know, I hey, Lions are contenders. I'm throwing it out there. They are very close. At six and seven, I think they're one two games out of the wild card.
1: They're two games out, but they need a lot to unfold. Even though they hold some tiebreakers and stuff, they 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 realistically need the commanders to lose out. They need the Seahawks to lose out. They need the Giants to They're in a decent position, but they're still they're a team though that I would not want to face come to the playoffs because
0: they're they're hot. No. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of with you. Yeah, so the Lions will be my contender uh for pretender uh, the Bucs is a cop-out because I think they were always pretending. <clears throat> I don't like what I saw from the Seahawks against the Panthers. I think Steve Wilks um, is that dude, officially. I think Steve Wilkes is that dude of Carolina. And I've seen enough from the Seahawks. I don't think they're that good. Um, Gino's fine. The story's great doesn't have a lot of help. Uh, I think his running backs are mid at at best. And DK and Lockett, is that good enough? Is that both tier 1? I I can't say I'm convinced. So, bad loss for the Seahawks puts him in the pretenders list for me. Yeah. But my question on the Ravens is are they good enough? Um To let me rephrase, third-string quarterback from San Francisco wins them that game. Do you trust a third-string quarterback in Baltimore?
1: Who's the the third-string quarterback in Baltimore?
0: I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know who it is. Um, who are they going to trot out there this week? The Baltimore F and Ravens. I think like step chart.
1: I think like anthony brown
0: that's the guy
1: he's from oregon
0: yeah oregon 24 years old 6'1, 228.
1: i think like the brock purdy had it's like it it's story of like the 49ers everyone's hurt you know they have a lot of talent around them he's playing
0: tom brady in his home state
1: he's mr irrelevant like all of this stuff i think the door the story definitely like hyped it up where it's like Again, if if the 49ers were playing the Bills or the Chiefs or, you know, a team like that, I don't think it'd be the same results. Like the Bucs are kind of washed at this point. The Bucks are washed and, you know, all the cards were in Brock Purdy's hand to succeed. The Ravens, on the other hand, it's like their team is banged up outside of just Lamar and now Tyler Huntley. And it's like, again, are they really that good? Like. They're lucky that the Bengals started off slow and they started off alarmingly hot that they're in the position now where same record, but Ravens hold the tiebreaker for the, their uh, division. I also think Mark Andrews has been very mid this year. Every tight end besides Travis Kelsey has been mid.
0: He's laid an egg a few times too. And that's very rare for him.
1: The tight end it's, it's it's weird because it's like this year specifically, I think like people are just like, or teams are, you know, overcompensating on like passing games and having like two safeties on top and kind of, you know, keeping the flats like pretty locked down that like the running backs have been, it's been the year of the running back.
0: I would agree, which is very odd. A lot of people said wide receiver, this will be the year, you know? Um,
2: I, I don't know. Just so much.
1: I mean, there's just so much talent at the wide receiver level and everyone like to compensate that was focusing on let's draft those cornerbacks, Sauce Gardner, JC Horn, like over the past couple of years, it's like, let's focus on the secondary that there hasn't been a lot of love for the linebacking core. And there hasn't been a lot of alarming of like, Hey, let's watch out for these running backs. Like you have a guy like Jarek McKinnon, who, you know, wasn't rushing heavily for the chiefs, but Now he's popping out and catching balls because it's like they're focusing on, you know, Kelsey and, you know, the other receivers on the Chiefs. But you have a running back that could just pop out and play too. It's, you know, it's a dangerous game.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I don't know. The tight ends have sucked. I picked up Pat Fryermuth on waivers on a wing and a prayer and I had to make a trade in my dynasty league for a tight end because I had Gronk. And Gronk was gone. And Will Disley and Noah Fant just weren't cutting it for me because the Seahawks are pretenders. Uh, did you give a contender already?
1: Um, I mean, the cop out answer is like the Eagles, but
0: come on, man.
1: They stung me last week. They stung me good. I don't want to say the Cowboys because I don't believe it. I'm not sold on the Vikings.
0: Vikings just have some glaring losses for me Mm. like their three losses have all been I don't want to say bad there's a Cowboys um...
1: if I'm going to be honest like I honestly think that the three contenders in my eyes right now that are going to win like are going to go to the Super Bowl or Eagles, Bills, Chiefs
0: yeah I, I would probably say i so. I, can't,
1: I can't see anybody else upsetting those teams right now unless something like glaring happens like i don't know who the other person's gonna face the eagles in the play in the uh nfc championship but it's there it's theirs to lose and i honestly think it's bills chiefs for another matchup yet again
0: i think the bills are the team to beat right now could be the Chiefs eventually. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's any stop in the Bills unless they play the Jets or the Jaguars. Because that's their kryptonite.
1: That's it. So cop-out answer of the week, those three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. These are interesting. I think the Lions are... Lions being six and seven contenders is hilarious for me, but that's what I'm going to do. That's just... That's just it for me. I'm... I don't know how the Giants are in last place. It's certifiably insane that this team went from on top of the world to just running into two red hot teams and the fucking commanders.
1: I mean, again, like the Giants are, they're definitely overperformed this year and every team gets hurt, but their entire team has been hurt. I mean, we're talking three starting linemen, two starting receivers starting cornerback starting linebacker starting defensive ends like it's it's infuriating and besides the eagle blowout like they haven't really been blown out in those other losses but you face you know you're seven or your six and two or i think it was six and two heading into the bye you beat the texans and then yeah facing the lions red hot team um facing the commanders, getting the tie, which was, you know, infuriating in itself. Now they have to, they like, the giants have to win this commander's game or they're out. So it's, it's very crucial. And then, um, the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving, which was, you know, lost by a touchdown, but what are you going to do? The Cowboys are a good team.
0: Any good games this week. It's, uh, I guess 49 or Seahawks might be interesting on Thursday night. Um,
1: you got some division ones. You got uh Chiefs uh or sorry, Dolphins Bills, you got Browns Ravens.
0: Yeah, Dolphins Bills should be an interesting one. Hey, Rams Packers. Sounds awful.
1: That's what that was like I forgot this week that Baker Mayfield was the quarterback of the of the Rams.
0: I it's Quite literally me. There's a lot of bad games this week. I'm sorry. Chiefs are playing the Texans. Cowboys are playing the Jaguars, which, hey, maybe the Jacks can win. Like, Eagles-Bears is not going to be fun. What the fuck are the prime? T- yeah, Giants-Commanders in primetime. I guess you have no other option. You have to put them there. And then America's Game of the Week on Fox. Who do you pick between... Patriots Raiders or Cardinals Broncos. You have to pick Pats Raiders for that.
1: And I'm surprised the Pats are only our one point favorite.
0: I'm not. They suck.
1: They just, they just beat Oh, I mean, the Cardinals weren't, the Raiders aren't that good either.
0: Pick them now. Went down. Pick them on some books. I, Vegas is a tough place to win, man. I don't know.
1: Yeah, this isn't a good week of games. What's next week? Giants, me. Vikings, Bengals, Pats.
0: That might be. Bengals, Pats could be intriguing and in fun.
1: Cowboy, Cowboys, Eagles, Christmas Eve.
0: That'll be a nice one. Um, oh, a long Christmas Eve, huh?
1: Yeah. Wait, are there games? Yeah, there are games Saturday this week. Yeah, I hate that.
0: <laughs> well, next week. Wait, Sat. Oh, this week. This week, there's Saturday games. I I wish you hadn't told me that. I hate that. And those are the games I skipped over. Colts Vikings, bad game.
1: I I rarely watch the Saturday games.
0: Browns Browns are favored by three against the Ravens. That's of note with their third string quarterback and yeah. Uh, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies with Dolphins' bills on Saturday night at 8.15. I, I don't like that. For no reason other than just to not like it. Christmas. Lions, Jets, I'm taking the Lions. If that's pick I'm surprised that's a pick
1: up. Is it in MetLife? Is that why?
0: Yes. Even still, I think if it wasn't.
1: It shouldn't um, have been a pick em
0: this is these are two teams that it's just like you have no idea their product varies so greatly week to week but i think the lions do have some juice
1: they're lucky it's pick them because if it was like lions plus money i feel like vegas would rig that that everyone was betting the lions and then the jets win that game
0: oh yeah oh yeah everybody wants to pick dan campbell here um yeah we've only got a few more weeks of nfl that's kind of fucking crazy um right now the season if the season ends the pats are in the playoffs which they don't deserve to be especially
1: uh, after the game we went to uh, the thursday night
0: that was disgusting it was awful who and would you they have,
1: play they play the number three
0: i think they would play the two because they're the last team in and
2: That's,
1: first
0: yeah. once he gets a bye the one gets the bias so they would play the chiefs yeah oh lovely that's that's fantastic uh, uh, 35 to 10 final score
1: you're putting 10 on the chiefs
0: i think it'll be on a defensive touchdown i would say nine and just three nick folk field goals max's going to go 21 for 30 with 196 yards and two picks
1: It's generous.
0: I don't think so. <laughs> That's not generous for him.
1: No. Start looking at um who's the um what's it called? The Kentucky quarterback.
0: Will Levis. Oh. Yeah, who's transferring again is Keaton Slovis from uh from Pitt. From Pitt? Oh, there was
1: a there was a video around because like the coastal quarterback is transferring and um shit he is yeah someone was saying it's like who the fuck do you think you are transferring out of coastal like you have a nice gig and like you're guaranteed there because the texas tech quarterback last year or the year before who was like pretty solid transferred to michigan and now he's on the bench yeah it's like who do you think you are you're just gonna like go go to a, a better team and then like lose the competition
0: that's a good question. I mean, it's like you're also going to Coastal, dude. Like,
1: yeah, it's like wait, we- it's not like basketball where you can make a name for yourself so easily. No, wait. Hey, well,
0: Coastal was ranked very briefly, and then they got their shit blown out by James Madison,
1: who was also ranked this year. James Madison was
0: for a hot second. Damn. Huh. Well. I don't know. They're, they're, I'm, I'm thinking there's no. You got to give Mac another year. And then if he doesn't work out, Bailey Zappy's in the pipeline. You let him make a few plays and then you inevitably bench him and then you figure it out. I, I think you got to wait one more year until you give him up on this kid because I don't think he's the problem.
1: Well, when did Mac get drafted last year? 20, uh, 2021. Yeah. So next season is when they would have to decide if they're going to re-up him for the if they're going to pick up his fifth year or not. Correct.
0: I think. I don't know how his contract works.
1: It's like, it's the third year they have to be like, Daniel Jones, his option didn't get picked up. And now, like, he'll be a free agent instead of the fifth year.
0: It's very odd.
1: So, because, I like, I, I about think that. the fifth year options, like, the standard I think, like, 19 million. So it's like, are you going to pay Mac 19?
0: I, I I, don't want to, but if it has to happen, it has to happen. I don't think he's a problem. I think it's Bill's too stubborn to fucking admit that he screwed up hiring Matt Patricia. Yeah, they were getting at it at the on the sidelines. This he was past doing game. him a favor. He's like, hey, Matty, come back here. Joe Judge, you piece of shit. Uh I'm done. Yeah. I'm all set with this team. No, I I'm all set. This is a nice year. Um, so it would you rather, get again,
1: would you rather just miss the playoffs than like play the extra week and get embarrassed?
0: No, I, I think that's fine. As long as Mac has, because everybody's going to point and say, well, Mac sucks. I, I don't really mind Mac. I think that's fine. Like I was a big Mac hater. Uh, When they drafted him, I'm like, that's a dumb move. I don't think they should do that. I think it's fine. I think he ended up being a fine choice for this franchise had he had competent people to call his place, but he doesn't. The mighty have fallen. It was a much better, more comfortable offensive scheme last year. And now you're running screens on third and 24, because why not? Let's gain three yards and go punt for Michael Polardi to have some cushion
1: you just need a number one i think they do because
0: Devonte parker ain't it he's not it bill wants deandre hopkins so bad i know and i don't why he's dropping balls who's his quarterback uh colt no, mccoy he, that didn't matter the other night it slipped out of his fucking hand colt mccoy I guess yeah kyler's got a lot of cod to play now so
1: plenty he's lucky he got the bag all guaranteed
0: i know that's insanity well that's enough about football um i'm just i have a sour taste in my mouth with the fucking patriots we'll see you know maybe i will watch a saturday game or two sit back relax try to enjoy some decent football but the game sucks so i actually i can't do that i'll wait till next week from christmas eve when they have nine billion games. What's weird is they're doing all the games Saturday next weekend, and then they're doing three on Sunday for Christmas. Because they have to compete with NBA. That's true, but you think the NFL garners the viewers anyway. Like, over the NBA. I
1: mean, it's the first time Christmas has been on a Sunday in a minute.
0: Yeah, but I guess Thanksgiving you had no NBA games. You had no NHL games. So I guess it makes sense. Baseball was over. They want their uh, they want their spotlight. So, they'll only do 3 primetime. Like I'd rather watch football than the NBA. For sure. Yeah. More limited. But um playoffs are coming. More in the hunt. And we square off in fantasy. Yes, we do. For the semis. We'll You've, see.
1: You don't want me to have a week like I had last week.
0: No, I do not.
1: But I need the Pats defense. They are my. The, I will. If I win this fantasy league, I will forever draft the Patriots defense.
0: I'm holding you to that.
1: Because I needed 18 and a half points to win last week from the Patriots defense, and they gave me 19. Masterclass. And I was like, you know what? I was going to go to bed and be like, you know what? Night's over. I got a busy day the next day. Um, GG is all around. Better luck next year. And then I get the notification, Kyler Murray out for the game in the first quarter. Okay, Patriots defense. What are you going to do against Colt McCoy? And Judon and uh, Ushay and all those guys, they they put in the work. They put in the work.
0: Ushay stood out this year. I thought he was great. Matt Judon's about to come close to the sack record. Who knows? Needs to step it up these next couple of weeks. Maybe two, three sacks a game would be nice. Which is crazy. It is. Matt Judon, baby. All right, that's uh, episode 109. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's Will and I'm Jake. So long. Take it easy.